This is part three now of our focus on Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. And I closed last time by saying, how dead is dead? And what does it really imply about our abilities or inabilities? And you were dead before this happened. By grace you've been saved. He made us alive together with Christ, down in verses 5 and 6. Before that happened, we were dead in the trespasses and sins which, in which you once walked according to the age of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So, Father, as we tackle one more time the deadness of dead and what it really implies about our former condition from which we desperately needed to be made alive, saved, show us what we were like, what other people who are not yet in Christ are like, and so fill us with gratitude and passion to lead others into this experience that we've enjoyed. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the rest of mankind, meaning all, right? Let's just underline that with a few familiar texts. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 1 Kings 8.46, there is no one who does not sin. Psalm 143.2, no living person is righteous before you. First John 1 John 1.8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. So there is a big all behind this dead right here, as Paul underlines with, we're all children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. So how are we dead? And we said last time that it isn't just that we are physically unable to walk around. We are. It isn't that we are volitionally unable to make decisions. We do. It isn't that we are intellectually unable to use our minds. We do. Or that we are emotionally incapacitated and can't feel. All of those are here, right? You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Here you were walking around and doing sins in which you once walked according to the age of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once conducted ourselves. We were walking and we were behaving. We were having passions. We were having desires. We were using our minds. We were willing all kinds of things, doing all kinds of things. So clearly, dead doesn't mean you can't walk around and use your muscles, you can't use your mind, you can't use your will, and you can't use your emotions. It doesn't mean any of that. It means, as we saw last time, that in all of those things, in our bodies, in our minds, in our wills, in our emotions, there is a deadness. And the deadness we saw, for example, in chapter 5, has to do with darkness. Let no one deceive you with empty words or because of these things the because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So that's the same phrase that we have here 
in verse 2 of chapter 2, that's all of us sons of disobedience, and now we get a glimpse into what that means. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were in darkness. You were in darkness. So the deadness is a deadness of darkness, and we saw again in Ephesians 4, 17, there's something behind darkness. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. So this, these are about the same, but underneath them is what? Due to, this ignorance is due to their hardness of heart. So there's deadness. Deadness is hardness, like a rock. So if you look at this new covenant promise that has to happen for any of us to be saved, Jesus came to buy the new covenant promises for us. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone, hard, dead, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. The flesh is not negative here. Flesh means soft and touchable and malleable and teachable and tender instead of rock-like and stony. So, let's ask now if this deadness and darkness and hardness that results in walking around in trespasses and sins right in lockstep with the age of this world, right in lockstep with the prince of the power of the air. This is our nature. We are sons of the parents called disobedience. Is this a real lockup? Were we helpless? And the answer is yes. Look at just two other passages. Here's Romans 8, 5 to 9, describing two kinds of human beings, and there are only two kinds, those who are in the Spirit and those who are in the flesh, in the grip of the flesh or in the control of the Spirit. Those who are, according to the flesh, have the mindset of the flesh, but those who are, according to the Spirit, have the mindset of the Spirit. Two kinds of people. For the mindset of the flesh is death but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, God's law. So there's the does not, and then it becomes cannot. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, Paul could add, like the rest of mankind, but you are in the Spirit. That means you are born of the Spirit. You are born again. You are made alive by Christ. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him, but rather is in the flesh. So the key thing to notice here is the mindset of the flesh which is what everybody is in who has not been made alive and brought into the sphere and control of the Spirit, the mindset of the flesh not only does not submit to God's law, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. In other words, our deadness 
and our blindness and our hardness is a spiritual inability to see anything attractive and beautiful in God's law that would compel us to submit to it with joy. We can't because we don't see it. It's foolishness, which leads us now to one other text. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural person does not submit to the things of the Spirit of God. Does not. For they are folly to him. That's what it means to be dead. You open your good eyes, you open your good mind, you open your good volition, and what you see is foolishness in the cross. And when you see only foolishness and nothing that is compellingly attractive and beautiful and glorious, you are locked into darkness, and he is not able to understand them, for they are spiritually discerned. So there we have not able just like we had not able in Romans 8. So I come back and I say that this dead here does not mean that we're physically unable to do things. It does not mean that we are volitionally unable to decide things. It does not mean that we are emotionally unable to feel things. It means that in all of our physical motion, all of our intellectual thinking, all of our volitional deciding, all of our affectional feeling, there is a deadness. And the deadness means you can't see, you can't feel, you can't value, you can't assess properly the beauty of Christ, the glory of the gospel, the great weight of the riches of grace, and therefore they will always look foolish, they'll always be a stumbling block, and we will always be locked in to our inability to believe. We must be made alive. There is no hope. Nobody you love has any hope of salvation unless God makes them alive, which which leads me to think next time we will tackle the question, all right, if that's the way we were and God made us alive, how might we participate in other people becoming alive? Is there any help in Ephesians? There is for what we should do to help other people experience life.